Welcome back. You're listening to This Fun Life, Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt and my special guest this Sunday evening is uh, Andrew and Mike Tierney who are coming to us from lockdown in Sydney. I'm obviously in Melbourne and we've been having a great chat about these two brothers who are one half of human nature uh, and thanks for chatting to me tonight, guys. It's been um, really fun so far. Um, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. Now, I want to go back to your childhood. Um, you've obviously achieved amazing success with, with human nature. Um, when did you guys first discover that you could sing? Was it, were you part of a church? I know you've both got a strong faith, but were you part of church? When did you just sort of realise that you had these incredible talents? Yeah, we, we actually well, did mom, sing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah well, we did um, sing at church uh, as, you know, we've got a sister as well, an older sister. And the first sort of memories I have of singing, uh, probably, yeah, in church, the three of us would do some songs together, I think, um, when I was really little. And, and then, you know, we, we went from that. We would be in uh, the, the school choir. Our mum was the, the accompanist for the school, our primary school choir. And, um, yeah, so we, we all went through the choir singing, um, yeah, all through school as well. And, um, yeah, so it was just, there was always music in our house. You know, our mum was a piano teacher or is still a piano teacher. And, you know, dad um, sings as well. You know, he's, he, he probably sang more once we all started singing. Um, but, yeah, so it was just a, growing up, there was always a, a strong sense of music in the house. And, um, yeah, it did start kind of, I think, probably our first. Do you think, think that, Andrew? It was probably started at singing at church together? Yeah, I would think the first time we sang publicly together would have been church for sure and then then with mum's choirs she kind of took took choirs in a in a big way and so we were always um the anchors in her choirs that's awesome um and you guys went through obviously um high school together and that's where you met toby and phil yes yeah i was in the same year as toby and phil and um yeah so we were actually all in the choir because toby and phil sang as well and, and played instruments in different musical groups within the within um, the music department and uh yeah it was just an idea of mine to put a, a vocal group together um was that cool back we couldn't then? put was it cool to be in the cool? choir or was it was it cool or was it like um you get bashed up for going in the choir or was it <laughs> you know what I mean? like, it, it, it wasn't the coolest i mean yeah particularly in high school it wasn't um definitely wasn't a cool thing but it didn't really and it didn't seem to bother us too much that, that you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a cool, we still continued to do it and it wasn't like we were, you know, bullied into the point where we thought, oh no, I'm not going to do this anymore or, because all through, through high school, I remember we, we were involved in everything, you know, from, yeah, you know, as Andrew said, you know, everything musical from, you know, choir to we putting our, you know, our, our group together to the concert band. So we still, you know, just, got to enjoy doing that and, and all the experiences that came along with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we got some great, I mean, that's really where we started, um, I guess, performing in front of big crowds, you know, is through that high school time with the school spectacular here in, in, um, in New South Wales, in Sydney here. That was a great, you know, opportunity to get and perform in front of, you know, 10,000 people. And uh, so it was, it was really, we got the taste for performing in front of a live audience. And I think that, kind of really spurred us on to, to keep going and doing more. Yeah. Um, do you still, have you ever gone back to the school and performed for them or do you keep in contact with them? We actually went back with Joanna Griggs um, and oh. Better Homes and Gardens and they filmed a, a special where we went back to the school, probably 
maybe five years ago, I think it was. It was kind of, it was quite surreal to go back and, and just see it. It seems so much smaller than what we remembered it. I think everyone has that experience with school. You yeah. kind of remember it being this big, big experience in your life and you go back there and it's, it's actually quite small. And um, we still remember the music room we'd rehearse in and, but we've never performed back there again um, yeah. since we kind of had made a career of what we do. And uh, yeah, but uh, we still get contacted by teachers and students from the school just uh, that have followed our career. That's so cool. And it has been an incredible career. Um, I first remember first seeing you guys on Hey Hey It's Saturday and I still remember you were singing People Get Ready um, a cappella. Oh, cool. That was so cool. I just remember absolutely loving it. And um, I have to be completely honest here. It's probably, well, my daughter's nearly 21. So when she was about two, I was, I mean, I still am a huge Human Nature fan. I'll give you that. But I was like, I was a massive fan and um, I had a couple of posters up in my classroom. My year seven students used to just go, why do we have to have human nature up on our walls? <laughs> in the classroom? And, um, and parents knew how much I loved you guys. But my students, you can ask any of my students in the past 30 years that I've had and um, they will say, we remember the posters and the, you know, human nature in the frame um, on my desk. And no one was allowed to touch my, my frame. <laughs> human nature. It's hysterical. But here's the funniest thing. I had a mug. So there was years ago, there was a human nature mug and I must have got it at a show and I had it and it was on my desk and it was in the staff room and everyone knew, do not touch Sharon's human nature mug. <laughs> One day, and you're like this, Mike, because you've got a sense of humour like me. We, um, I went into the staff room and it was gone. Couldn't find it anywhere. Searched the school and then I get um, a photo through on my phone and it's a hammer holding above my human nature mug <laughs> somewhere. And it says on it, um, pay us $1 million or your human nature mug bites it. <laughs> and I was laughing so hard. And one of the teachers had taken it into one of the bathrooms and put it, you know, done this screenshot of it. But anyway, I ended up getting it back. And um, I was out on yard duty one day with my mug, you know, with my, my mug walking around the, um, the basketball court and checking on the kids. And all of a sudden, someone kicked the soccer ball and it went flying into me, smashed my human nature mug out of my hand oh. and it went into oblivion on the ground. And <laughs> literally every student in that school stopped and looked across and went, <gasps> like this collective holding of the breath, is she going to lose it? What is about to happen? The mug was in a million pieces. Oh, and so, no. yeah, I had to go home that day and cry. No, I didn't really. Oh, that's too good. But anyway. So wow, that's, my... that's amazing. You don't hear about these funny things, but um, I, I'm, not, I'm quite normal now. <laughs> <laughs> but my students, ex-students, if you're listening, would remember that. What's your, um, what's the biggest thing that you have enjoyed out of human nature, like the biggest success? Like I know you've got the Order of Australia medal, you became Hall of Famers that same year for ARIA. Is there something, I mean, you performed at the Olympics, I think, years ago. What, is, what has been the biggest highlight? Wow, the biggest highlight, I don't know. I mean, the, the Order of Australia medal was, it was a very, that was a very special moment. You know, it was, that was something, we, it was just a very small ceremony. You know, we had our, um, we could have our family there with us and um, it, was, it was really special. It was just this little um, morning tea I think we did down at the, um, what was the house? Was it 
the governor's house in government. And that was just, I don't know, it was something very, it was just kind of understated and, and, but felt very, uh, an honour to receive something like that, you know, that we've represented the, you know, Australia in a way that they feel we should be kind of honoured for, for that. And um, I think that was a real special moment. And the fact we, we actually had our, all our family, you know, our nan, who was 94 at the time, I think she came down and she was so chuffed to be there and just, yeah, that'll be just special memories that I think I'll, I'll take with me forever. That's beautiful. Andrew, what about you? What would you say has been the highlight so far? I mean, yeah, I, I love that, um, the Order of Australia ceremony. That was amazing. I've I, I really, this year, um, before the lockdown, I was just um, quite just humbled that we'd go to all these remote, remote towns in Australia and they're, they're people that knew us and would come out to see us. And I kind of thought to myself, I... I've never been to this town, but there's hundreds of people that will come and listen to me sing. And I just thought that was an amazing testament to what our career has been. I mean, that, would, that wouldn't happen overnight. You can't go to a remote, remote town in Australia and have people know who you are. And not only that, but actually buy a ticket to come and watch you sing. So I was just humbled by maybe the, the longevity of our career and the, the way the country has embraced us as, as part of their life you know, um, our music and, and us as performers. And that's, you know, that's kind of been a real highlight for me, particularly after the year we just had where it kind of felt like, you know, what we did was so easily taken away um, so quickly. Uh, then to be able to get out there and go to these remote towns and just have people make people's night by singing some songs felt me felt very, um, very worthy and humbling for me. Yeah. What I, what I love, even though, you know, we're, we're in COVID right now, there's still opportunities. And what I love, I want to talk about your latest uh, song, which I absolutely love, Broken Humans, because I think we've all got our stories. And, um, you know, Andrew, you know a lot more about my story. But, um, you know, there's times that many of us just feel broken. We feel really broken. Um, how did that song come about and who wrote that? Did you guys write that together? Yeah, we, we wrote that with um, two uh, songwriters who are from LA, Davis Nash and um, Stephen Solomon. They were to go. We, we wrote with them for about a week in Las Vegas. This was a couple of years ago. And, you know, when we were writing songs for this new EP that we released, we, we kind of wanted, you know, I guess of the, the age that we are now and we, we wanted songs that could make people feel good and also songs that might have a, a message that was just more than just hey babe I love you you know that kind of thing so that went a bit deeper than that and and this songs of broken humans was was really what, what took us down that path and it was you know yeah for me now just listening back to it I, I really love that the message of it and mm. and I think it's it does speak to you know what everyone's going through particularly now you know when everyone you're so up and down in the, these kind of lockdown times where you're isolated one day you kind of feel great the next day it's you know, you're pretty bummed out about what's going on and you do feel like oh, kind of hopeless as to what that you've got no control over what's happening and um, what might happen, you know, next week. So it's, it's just, um, I think that that message of, you know, that we're all, we're all going through something, we're all broken to a point, but if, you know, can we, the thing that makes us the same is the fact that we, we are broken and find that touch point of, of, you know, where there's a general feeling of love between us all and we can understand each other that we're all going through something that's difficult for us. Um, 
if that makes sense. But yeah, I, I love singing it every night and I'm glad that people are really enjoying the song too. Oh, absolutely love it. And um, um, Andrew, how did you get uh, Guy Sebastian involved? Because I love the fact that he brings something else, you know, it reminds me of that time when you recorded with John Farnham, just hearing that other voice come into it, something really special about that. Yeah, it really is. And I, I actually, I love listening, waiting for him to come into the song every time I hear it. He, he takes it to another another level, which is amazing. Um, but it was really, I, I don't know, I was, I was thinking about the song and I had, I thought that that message of brokenness and, and humanity would really speak well from more than just one person. And I know human nature is four people, but often people think of us as one. Um, so just to bring another, another personality, another voice to the mix, um, so to speak. And so um, I just instantly thought of Guy. He's such a fantastic singer and he's, I know he's got a very um, a strong sense of humanity and, and, and being a good person. And I, I thought the, the theme would resound with him. Um, so I, I actually sent him just the song, a demo as an email and said, hey, mate, would you consider singing this with us? And he hit me straight back and said, oh, I love this song. You know, I, it feels like something I would have written myself. And so I, I'd love to do it. And so that, that was really it. Um, he just kind of jumped on board and he even worked with uh, one of the lyrics and, and kind of just said, oh, look, I know what you're saying here, but um, with the lyric um, in the first verse, I grew up on a tree-lined street, parents loved me, guess I'm lucky, God knows why, how I learned how to cut so deep. And he, um, he kind of just talked through that lyric and what it meant and, and how, it, how we could make it feel more... Um, uh, approachable for everybody so yeah he was really invested in the song and, and loved it yeah and I love that each each of you have a faith you know that you may not share so publicly um but I, I know that y- you know you have a faith and I think for each of you I think that still has to you know it still comes through even because you've made it accessible to to everyone um but it's just yeah it's such an amazing song so thank you for writing it guys I know that it's um it's I've loved it it's actually you know, oh really, thanks personally, you know, been a great encouragement to me. So thanks so much, guys. Um, it has been an absolute treat chatting to both of you. Um, keep doing what you're doing. And we are thinking of you up there in New South Wales. I want to say that you'll be out of lockdown soon, but I just want to say, well, maybe write some more songs together while you're <laughs> at this time. Thanks so much for your time, guys. And uh, we're going to listen to your song, Broken Humans, right now. So thanks so much. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Take Sharon. Thank you. And that's all we have time for this evening. Thank you so much for your company. You've been listening to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. Until next time.